Hey, my name is Melinda Russell, and I am obsessed with telling the stories of women involved in motorsport, young and older, from all walks of life, currently involved in a wide range of roles or sharing their stories from the past. I'm a wife, mother of four adult children, and a mamma of 16. In 2017, I was searching social media for a group dedicated to women in motorsports. When I didn't find what I was looking for, I posted a message to a few racing pages to see if any women would like to connect with me. And now I have thousands of women and men who are part of the Women's Motorsports Network. As crew chief of the only media company dedicated to women in motorsports, I work from wherever my travels take me, publishing this podcast, the Women's Motorsports Network News Online Magazine, and Let's Talk Racing Live, my social media show. You will hear from women who share their stories from the grid of life, how they manage the messy and memorable moments of family, work, and racing. You will hear their tried and true secrets of success and many other topics like friendships, family, hardships, and heroes that women deal with to balance the seasons of life. So grab your favorite beverage, pull up a seat, make sure you are comfy, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged from the stories on the Women's Motorsports Network podcast. Are you a female in motorsports? GoFastGirls.com Apparel for the Race Enthusiast empowers women to fiercely pursue their dreams in action in motorsports, instilling them with confidence and unwavering determination. A GoFastGirls empowers incredible speed, unwavering effort, and success. GoFastGirls has emerged as a prominent force uniting women from all walks of life who share a passion for racing. Check us out at GoFastGirls.com today. Hello everyone, this is Melinda Russell with the Women's Motorsports Network and one of my favorite girls is on the show today. I've known Taylor for quite a few years. Actually, Taylor Cool is one of the girls that I uh, got introduced to back in 2018, I think. And so I've actually had the privilege of watching Taylor race in person and I've uh, met her a few times and we've been at the same uh, races like we were in Knoxville at the same time. And so um, I really feel like Taylor is somebody that I know and and I follow her religiously because I'm so proud of what she's done. And, and the thing I really like about you, Taylor, and among other things, is that you have not really depended on anyone else to get where you are. You have done so much on your own. And that's remarkable for a young girl your age. So we're going to tell your story and we're going to let other people know about how you got where you are. So why don't you start by sharing a little bit about your family, if you have any pets or anything about your personal life that you're willing to share. And then uh, we'll go in and get started and talk about your racing career. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you for that introduction. Um, I started racing when I was five and actually my dad got me into it. He used to race uh, dirt modifieds back when I was younger and then he stopped when we started racing. So um, he's helped me through racing through a lot of years, um, him and my mom, and they kind of taught me the basis of what you need to know. Um, so they've always been heavily involved in my racing and um, my dad has always 
taught us kids that if you want something, you're going to have to work for it. So that's been an important foundation in our family. And um, he's definitely made sure to continue that trend. And so have we. And that's how um, we've kind of gotten to where we are. Um, so I'm, I'm really blessed with two really good parents, really strong parents. Um, we have a dog, Mocha, at home. It's a little chihuahua. Um, we've had her for a while. She's super cute. And then I have two older brothers. And um, a year and a half ago, I got a nephew. Oh, okay. So lots of, lots of boys in your house. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. So that's awesome. And I know one of your brothers raced at least for a while, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. He still races uh, dirt modified. Okay. All right. And so your family lives in Arizona and you live in Iowa. Yes, right? that's correct. I moved to Iowa almost two years ago just by myself. Yeah. So let's get started on that because first of all, that that's very brave of you to do. And did you really know anybody in Iowa at all that, or how did you decide, Oh, I'm going to move to Iowa? Uh, I really didn't know that many people. I think I had a lot of acquaintances just through racing and um, people traveling to Arizona and other parts in the Southwest. Um, I mainly came out here because the opportunity for dirt modified racing is a lot bigger in Iowa than it is Arizona. So they have a lot more track, a lot more uh, competition and cars every week. And in Arizona, it's kind of a dying sport more so than it is here. I think everywhere in the industry struggling a little bit with how things are going. But in Iowa, it's um, definitely flourishing a lot more than Arizona is. And it has for a while. So I made it a goal to move here a long time ago and finally did it two years ago. Yeah. And so what did your parents say? I mean, did they know for a long time that you wanted to move to Iowa or did you kind of keep that close to the vest? And then all of a sudden you're like, I think I'm going to move to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, an idea for a while. And they know I wanted to move here for racing, but I didn't quite have the drive to make it happen back then. So it kind of slowly happened within the last couple of years. And my dad told me, he said, you're not ready, but you're going to have to get yourself ready and we'll help you with whatever you need to get there. So they were excited for me to move here. They knew I wanted to. Yeah. And since you've been there, you've made, I know, a lot of friends and a lot of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people that have, you know, reached out and helped you when you needed it. But a lot of things you do yourselves do yourself. You work on the car. You, you do a lot of things yourself. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I work on the car. I do all of my social media and marketing, um, like business relations. I handle all that myself. And that's kind of something that my dad taught me to do. And I've built on that from when I was younger. Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's go back and talk about when did you get started racing? Obviously it was in Arizona, how did you get started? What age were you? And then give me the progression to get you where you are today. All right. I started when I was five in asphalt go-karts. We did the um, road course kind of deal. So my dad got me started in that as well as my brother. And my dad gave up racing so that we could do it. 
and then from then on, we won a couple championships, a lot of races, a ticket to the world finals, which is the biggest go-kart race you can ever attend. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my core memories in racing for sure. And then from then on, um, it kind of got tough, the local spots that we were racing, um, not so much the competition, but the money, like kind of political aspects of it. So that actually made us get out of go-karting and onto dirt racing where I started in mod lights when I was 13 and I got rookie of the year, my first year. And then from then on, it, it kind of transitioned into me really liking it and spending every weekend doing it. Um, and like I said earlier, I still didn't really have the drive to work on things and get better. I just wanted to do it. It was fun. Um, and then finally, when I moved on from mod lights into sport mods is when I started taking it seriously. Um, a little bit more like a job, but it's more fun than ever right now. Yeah. And the, you know, a job can be fun. A lot of people don't think so because they have a job and then they have what they do for fun. A lot of people don't have the combination of the two together. You and I are lucky because what I do for a job and what you do for a job involves our passion, which is motorsports. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And so the fact that you consider it a job, you take it serious, you're very focused on what you do, um, makes you that much more successful. And I know social media has really been a part of that for you. Um, I know you've done very well growing your social media following. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you what you do and how you do it i i know what was it a year or so ago you like just exploded as far as followers <laughs> so why don't you share a little bit about how you do that because a lot of the girls and women that are listening they want to be able to do that but they don't know what steps to take so why don't you tell us what did you do yeah i think Networking is probably my favorite part of racing, just getting to meet people um, and share my story and hear other people's stories. So I used social media a couple of years ago just to keep everyone updated on my results and where I'll be at next and what I'm doing during the week. And then I noticed that people really liked being involved in that way from afar. So I continued to do that and then even added a little bit more um, every week to what I was posting. And I think anyone that has a big social media following, I don't really right now, um, there's people who have much greater pages, but I think the biggest thing that I've heard is just to stay consistent. So if you post every day, you're gonna have more engagement and more people seeing your stuff. Um, and then they're gonna hear your name and wonder what you're doing and they're gonna check it out a lot more often. So. Um, I've definitely noticed that with my page that works pretty well. And it's, I also find it really fun to um, create content and talk to people online and stuff. And you can even meet some really good friends through it. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's not just about your racing. It's about Taylor and what Taylor's doing and stuff outside of racing too, which I think is helpful because people want to get to know who you are not just who you are as a race car driver. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I like to share um, some personal things here and there just to show people what else I'm doing. I like to 
spend my time outside. I work full time as a realtor on top of racing. So um, that's also a big networking business, um, which is really cool. So I kind of integrate both of those into each other. And um, it's I think it's nice for people to connect on a little bit more of a personal level. Yeah, I, I do too. And, and I think that's how you build those relationships and you make friends is like I said, it's not just because you're driving a race car. It's because yeah. of who you are. Um, you're very friendly and outgoing and that attracts people to you. So I think that's a lot of how you grew your following. And what do you use? Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, where can people find you? My biggest platform is Facebook. Um, and then I would say my second is my YouTube page. They're both under Taylor Cool Racing. And I keep my Facebook page updated almost every day. I think when racing slows down, there's not as much content. But um, I'm definitely big on Facebook. And then YouTube is really fun because they get to see, um, physically see what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. That's for sure. So tell me about your car. Um, what kind of car do you drive? What color is it? The number? How did you choose the number? Tell me all the specifics about your car. Yeah. So I drive an IMCA Northern Sport Mod. Um, that's the class that I started in 2019. So I'm going into my sixth year of sport mods. Um, I My favorite color has always been purple. And I'm really big on keeping things simple. So I always try to go with a really simple design. Uh, purple, black, and white usually is pretty clean. And I have an app on my phone where I can draw stuff. So I usually design it up for the most part, and then I send it to my wrap guy, and he cleans it up and makes it happen. Um, and then one thing that's kind of been a trademark for me is my racing number, which is too cool. Um, it's the number two, and then uses my last name cool, and that's kind of a play on words there. But my dad and I came up with that. Uh, when I was younger, I just started in cadet carts and go-karts. And it was the same class that my brother was in. And we both raced under my dad's number, which was 77X. And the people who ran the races, they said, you can't have the same number. So change a letter or something. And I was like, well, I think it's time to be unique and find something for myself. So actually my dad and I came up with it and I've stuck with it ever since. And um, even the announcers, they know what my number stands for and stuff. So it's yeah. pretty cool that um, it's come all this way. I think the last name and the number definitely help uh, with some recognition. Yeah, for sure. And it's K-U-E-H-L, just in case yeah. they're trying to find out how to spell it. But um, but yeah, that's that's a great, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that people will remember. And so when you're thinking about naming or branding or whatever it might be, when you do something that's simple but memorable, that helps people, you know, keep track of what you're doing too. So, so Taylor, do you have any crew members or is it just you, you get to the track and when you need help, somebody steps up? Um, we finally hired on a crew guy this year. His name is Justin. Um, we call him Santa. It's been a long time running with that name uh, ever since I was a kid. We've known him. But I think the first probably 14 years-ish of me racing, it was my dad and I and then, of course, my brother, too. They helped me out a lot. Um, 
just with coaching and spotting on the track. And then, um, of course, teaching me how to work on the car too. So it was mostly just us for the longest time. And then when I moved to Iowa, it was all me. I had to, I was kind of thrown to the wolves and I had to really learn everything quickly. Um, just so yeah. since I was thrown, thrown in by myself, I kind of needed to adapt to where I was. So I got a lot of different knowledge from people. And of course, everyone here is always willing to lend a hand. So um, I wasn't necessarily by myself. I knew I could rely on almost anyone. So um, yeah, the first, I think two or three years in Iowa, it was just me. And then we hired Santa this year. He's okay. a really good help. That's great. And he's, he's from Iowa, I take it. Oh, uh, no, he's actually from Arizona. His uh, family owns a sprint car team. So he's okay. been around racing his whole life too. Okay. All right. So you convinced somebody else besides yourself to go from warm, sunny, beautiful Arizona, which it is right now. This is the best time of year to be there. Yes, it is. To cold, snowy, gray Iowa, right? Yeah. I think he spent some time in Indiana in the winter. So he was like, oh, it'll be no problem. But I promise you, once it gets cold, it's not really somewhere you want to be. So he yeah. went back home and to Arizona for the winter. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good plan <laughs> for sure. I'm actually headed there. As you well know, my youngest two daughters live there and, and six of my grandkids. And so we're going there the 20th of December and we're going to spend a couple of weeks there for Christmas. And so um, any chance I get to go, to Arizona, even if it's in May or July when it's really hot, I go because the sun shines 99% of the time. And that's the thing that I really miss about Michigan. And we haven't had any sun for almost a week, you know, so yeah. um, love Arizona. And I, I admire you for staying in Iowa when you could go back to Arizona. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a lot of commitments here um, just with my job. So yeah. It, it keeps me here, but luckily I still have a lot of freedom and I am in agreement with you. I miss the sun. I miss the mountains. It's much warmer there. Yeah, for sure. So Taylor, do you have a home track in Iowa? I know you travel a lot, but do you consider any of the tracks a home track and what tracks do you race at? Yeah. So I live in Ames, Iowa, which is a part of central Iowa. Uh, we're right outside of Des Moines. And Boone Speedway is the closest track, and they've they have the best hospitality. So um, I've been welcomed there every single time I go, and I would consider that my home track now. Now that I live here, um, and then there's so many tracks within two hours. There's at least two handfuls of tracks. Um, mm -hmm. We like to go to Stewart, which is in Stewart, Iowa. I got three of my wins there, I think, this year. And then Independence Motor Speedway, that's a really fun track, too. Uh, we raced there for my first time this year, and I've always wanted to go, and we made it happen, and I fell in love with the place as soon as we got there. Uh, Marshalltown, of course, Marshalltown Speedway is a big staple in Iowa, so yeah. we go there almost every week. And then, like I said, there's a lot of tracks within um, a 50-mile radius, so it's yeah. pretty easy, easy for us to go and travel places. Yeah. And, you know, I when I think about like where you live and within an hour, you can be at a dozen tracks. 
probably. Yeah. Here where I live in Michigan, I can be at probably six or eight tracks within less than two hours. Yeah. But I know people that travel many hours just to go race every weekend. And it just amazes me because I, we're so spoiled, Taylor. We, you know, we get in the car and in an hour or two, we're there. And, and you have to be really passionate, serious, dedicated to what you're doing in racing to travel as far as some of these people that I have interviewed travel. And yet, you know, the fact that you went from Arizona to Iowa to settle in and you kind of put yourself in the middle of where all of these tracks are, um, that's a huge commitment as well. And so, especially what are you in your early twenties? How old are you now, Taylor? I'm 23, 23. So you've been out there three years or so. Yep. Yeah. So you weren't even 21 years old yet when you moved there. And, and so, um, you know, I want that to be a lesson, I guess, to some of the younger girls that are listening that if you really want something, you can make it happen, but you do have to be dedicated and you have to work hard and you have to do some things that maybe you don't really want to do working yeah. on the car and getting dirty and trying to balance a job, finding a job, finding an apartment, making friends, all those things. Those are not easy to do. And the fact that you've gone there, you've made it work. That's the thing I admire about you so much. Yeah. Yes. I, I really enjoy working on my car. That's like my favorite pastime. People ask me what I do besides racing. And I say, I work on the car. <laughs> or yeah. Work. Well, and you can make it fun and you can make it interesting. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing to do or something that you don't want to do, but you still have to, to be dedicated to do it. And I, I just uh, have always thought that that was just something really cool, cool about you, Taylor. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So how about marketing partners? Do you have any people that really help you out? Yeah. My first year in Iowa, we brought on Carl Customs, who um, provided us a crate engine, which is um, a pretty common engine that a lot of people run here. So they've helped us out for the past three years and they've been, um, they've allowed me to race all around Iowa. So we're super thankful for them. And then right here in Ames, Iowa, we have Bob Harris Enterprises. Um, they actually, they build my car and they build my suspension and then they're always a text away no matter where I'm at um, for any pointers or any setup advice that I may ask them for. Um, those two have been really good for my racing program um, ever since I moved to Iowa. And then AA Roofing here in Iowa, they've also been really good to me and allowed me to travel to different places as well as Jake Henderson Racing. Um, my support system is so big and I'm so lucky. And yeah. even when I came here by myself, I knew that I had really good people backing me. So um, A1 Materials, they're still in Arizona. They actually moved to Michigan too. Um, so I kind of have family friends there. Um, but A1 Materials, they allowed me to run for Rookie of the Year in Sport Mods my first year. And they still help me out to this day. And I always know um, they're there when I need a friend as well. So it's always nice to 
have people to rely on. Um, Winning Choice Oil for lubricants, oils, cleaners. Um, Ed Whitehead's Tire Pros, obviously providing tires to get me places that I need to go. Um, and Lighthouse Painting, I I get to go home to Arizona in January and I get to see them again and reunite. So that'll be really nice. That's nice. That's yeah. nice for sure. So let's talk about some, you know, obstacles that you've overcome because we all know that racing's not, um, you know, it's not always um, positive and uplifting and exciting. Yeah. We have days that are not the best and, and every driver has obstacles. What would you say has been your biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome either as a woman in motorsports or as a driver? Um, if I could say time, I definitely would, but that's not something that we can change. I think I always say there's never enough time in a day to get everything done that I need to get done. But other than that, just um, trying to keep up with racing three or four days a week during the summer, that's been a really hard challenge. But now that I have help, um, I mean, Santa's been a huge help to my program. So not having to spend as much time in the shop and um, physically wearing myself down, even mentally wearing myself down. That's, um, that was a huge change this year. I was able to focus on racing a little bit more. And then um, I think as most women experience in sports, they um, might feel like they're raced a little bit differently and maybe treated a little bit differently. And I don't really, I don't ever point that out because um, I mean, no matter what you have to push forward and do what you have to do and um, continue racing if it's what you're passionate about. So I've, uh, it can bother some people, but I, and I definitely understand that. Um, But at the end of the day, like I said, you're racing toward a goal. So um, I just keep after that. Well, and you know, as you know, I follow you closely and, and I know you've had some challenges in that area, but again, are you going to let them push you off the track to where you don't race? No. And so you have to learn how to deal with that. Or if it gets to the point where it's, it's out of hand, you just don't go back to that track. Right. You know, and, and when people, and, and people notice that and they're like, Taylor, why aren't you racing at ABC track? And that's when you say, well, I wasn't welcomed there or whatever you want to say, but you know, that's, that's the deal is the deal. And the word gets around. And so, you know, it's better off the, these track owners and promoters are much better off if they welcome the women, because one of the things that the women do, I think better than most of the men um, is the social media part and is the promoting the track, promoting the sponsors, promoting the people who keep the track going because the track has sponsors too. And women, I think, do a much better job of keeping that up and see the importance of those relationships. And so if, if a racetrack wants to have somebody in their corner, then that's the women that are racing there. Yeah. How would you, how do you feel about that? Oh, I definitely agree. Um, actually, I mentioned Independence Motor Speedway earlier. Um, they're in Independence, Iowa. So they're just east of central Iowa. Um, that track, I wanted to go there because it looked fun, but I promoted that I was going there. They had this big race. They had a couple big races that I looked forward to. And the promoter 
he came by and personally thanked me and said he really likes how I promote my racing and um, just the future of the sport. So I really appreciated that. I haven't heard that a lot until this year, I think, since I've been on top of my racing. So um, I think not every racer really has the niche for social media, um, which is understandable. But I think that I don't know. I think that it's important to keep people updated, especially if you want um, people to support you. I do too. And then it's funny with my YouTube channel. I don't really ever have to say anything about other racers driving me dirty because everyone in the comments will say it. So yeah, (laughs) I just let nature run its course. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's interesting that you race near Independence, Iowa, because my, father's family was originally from um up in that area and so i'll bet there's some long lost relatives that either are race drivers or come to watch and yeah. we probably have a connection somewhere we'll have to talk later about that and see if we've got any names that that come that are common so yeah that's cool what's your favorite part of being involved in motorsports i would say meeting people and just being a part of it. Um, it's, it's really cool to see the little kids that come around the racetrack and they look, look forward to coming every weekend. And then they want to meet these drivers and kind of see what they're doing and, um, become that one day. So when people or parents tell me that their kids wanted to come and watch me, I think that's really special. And that's, um, my favorite part is just being able to be a role model, which I never thought I would be, but um, keep a clear image and meet people and become friends with people. It's definitely the most fun part, being able to talk with different people and hear their stories. And, you know, you are somebody that those little girls can look up to and that as a parent, um, I'm good with you being the person they look up to. There are some people that I would not want them to do that. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, you don't think about who's watching um, because you may never know all the people that are watching. And, yeah. and so the fact that you maintain a good image and you're a good clean race driver and, and all those things, that's just who you are. And so the people that have little girls and little boys too, probably um, that are watching you, you set a good example. And, and so that's something you can be proud of for sure. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I aspire to do. Um, like you said, you'd never know who's watching. And I think with all the negative things that go on, um, it's important to be a positive influence and just to keep a positive mindset through it all, just to help other people along. Yeah, I totally agree. So Taylor, what's your goal for your racing career? Um, my goal right now is to get to dirt late model racing. Um, I think that's pretty in reach for me. Um, as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, I think I need to maybe put in a little bit more work next year, uh, with networking and stuff. But if I can get the opportunity to race a dirt late model, that's my ultimate dream. And then I think that kind of stuff leads to other opportunities too. So yeah. Uh, I came from asphalt racing. So if I were to get the opportunity to go back and do asphalt late models um, or anything of that sort, then 
I would definitely be open to that. And that's um, another goal that I think in the long run would be more achievable. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered about that. I was going to ask you, did you prefer asphalt or dirt or it doesn't really matter? It's racing is racing. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I think I have more fun when I go back to go-kart racing because um, just the physicality of it. And it's, I think all of racing is a mind game. You always have to be um, on top of everything, but the road course stuff, it's um, something different every corner and you have to be really consistent. So I have fun with that. It's a little bit more of a challenge for me. Yeah, for sure. So what kind of advice would you give to a mom who has a little girl who, who comes to you and says, Taylor, my little girl wants to be a race car driver. Where should we start and how do we get involved? Um, I think going to the races uh, is the first start. I think any parent who's wondering how they can get into racing most likely is a fan um, as of now. But just networking, getting a hold of people who have kids in racing um, or who, who own or run a race team. Um, just to see what they're doing. I don't really know exactly how kids are getting into it nowadays. I see quarter midgets and micro sprints and all sorts of racing. So they offer lots of different um, education nowadays too, which is really cool. Um, and like intermediate courses and whatnot and all kinds of different racing. So get them into something small and just work your way up. I know it's not cheap um and it's not always fun there's a lot of hard work and um sacrifices that go into it but if it's what you want or if it's even what your kid wants and you want that for them then um just be persistent with everything yeah and you know i i think most of the time if you are someone who's not been involved in racing and you don't really know that much about it if you if you go to the track promoter, the track owner, or somebody that's, you know, whose kid is racing and is successful at a certain track. Mm -hmm. If you just say, Hey, my, my daughter, my son want to be involved is who, who could mentor us, who could help us. There's so many people that will reach out and help. Oh yeah. You know? And so there, you're not going to be alone. You just have to be the first to reach out and tell people what you want to do and then they'll, they'll help or they'll find somebody to help for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so Taylor, I know you've had a really good year. Tell me about your race season this year and your wins, your awards. How, how has this year come to uh, be probably one of your favorites? Yeah, it's definitely been my best year this year. I look forward to next year because we have even bigger goals than we did this year, but um, I just wanted to break my record of wins in a year. So I think I only had maybe five before. Um, and I got seven during the regular season and then one more after. So I got eight wins this year. Um, and that was kind of my ultimate goal. I wanted to travel more and get more experience with uh, different track conditions, different size tracks. Um, and then, of course, being able to race with better racers, some of the best in the country. I think, um, although it was a challenge most of the time, it was probably the best learning, um, 
the best learning aspect that I had this year. Mm -hmm. So um, we, I think we achieved our goals this year and um, that just allows for better ones next year. Yeah, for sure. Now, did you just get awarded something special here recently or? Yeah, I actually, this is my only racing decoration in my house because all my racing stuff is at our shop. But um, I won the Lady Eagle in IMCA and I was able to go to the National Banquet, which was only three hours away. So um, I figured, why not? It was a really good time and I got to meet people and learn some history um, of IMCA racing and just racing in general. So that was really cool. I think um, it was based on a national point system. They put all of the women and um, from each of their respective divisions into this one point system. Um, and then they take obviously the best finishes and stuff um, for the leaders. So we figured out we were leading it kind of toward the end of the year. And I was, we weren't really shooting for it, but I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, if we won that, that would be awesome. And then I never really thought about it. And then it came down to the last couple of races and we ended up making it happen. So I was kind of mind blown, but yeah. uh, definitely cool to achieve something like that. It, it really is. And, you know, um, I had not heard of that award until I saw that you won it. And yeah. when I looked into it a little bit, it's a pretty prestigious award and you're you're very humble about your abilities and that you know i know that you are not someone who looks for people to pat you on the back yeah. you are a humble person <laughs> and um you, sometimes we have to drag some of this information out of you um but some of the accomplishments eight wins in a season is a big deal there's a lot of guys and gals who've been racing for a long time who don't achieve that. And yeah. so, um, you know, next year we're going to shoot for nine or 10 wins or whatever it might be. And, and uh, maybe some bigger races too. Um, what are your plans for 2024? Yeah. So when we were at the national banquet, I think they said the um, national point winner for our division won 29 races out of, uh, maybe 40 something. So that's over half. And um, I think it's achievable for our team to do that, but it's definitely going to take um, a lot of stepping up in pretty much every aspect of our race team. So um, that's kind of an idea for now. I think we'll see how the beginning of the year starts off, but um, I have to get that organized to see if we can make that happen. But Winning the national title for uh, the Northern Sport Mods is a pretty big deal. So I think yeah. the guy in my division has won it six or seven years in a row. <laughs> um, so to upset that would be pretty cool. But yeah. um, he's also someone we learned from this year quite a bit. He's a really good driver. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, beating the number of wins is obviously another goal. The more we can get every year, the um, obviously the better driver I can become and the better my team will be. So right. Um, that, and we have a couple different races that we plan on hitting that I've never been to before. Okay. And that's always exciting because learning a new track and traveling and maybe racing against some people you haven't raced with before um, yeah. is always fun, isn't it? And just going somewhere different. 
yeah, it kind of diver diversifies um, my driving abilities, just learning what other people do and seeing what other people are able to do. Even if I think I can't do it, I see someone else do it and I'm like, well, we'll have to work toward that. So um, yeah. that's what helps most about traveling. And yeah, then for sure. next year, if I can uh, get some seat time in a higher division, then that's definitely a big goal for me too. Yeah. So Taylor, um, if somebody's watching this and they, they have a, a connection or they want to help you, you know, even if it's a race or two in a higher division, how would they best get a hold of you? Um, I would say to message the Taylor Cool Racing page on Facebook. I need to be a little bit better about that. I have a lot of fans on there and sometimes my inbox gets really full and kind of overwhelming, yeah. but um, I definitely like to interact with everyone who reaches out. So um, Taylor Cool Racing on Facebook. That's where I read all my messages. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So now we're going to go to the favorites part of the show where I'm just going to ask you some really quick like questions like favorite food, favorite candy, favorite different things. What are your favorites so that people can get to know you a little better? So um, in, and if I ask you something and you don't have an answer for it, just say pass. We'll just okay. keep going on. So here we go. We're going to find out really more about Taylor. So what is your favorite food or restaurant? My favorite food is probably Chipotle. I like a chicken bowl with veggies. Okay. How about your favorite beverage? Water. Favorite racetrack food and what track? Uh, Boone Speedway, their vegetable cup with ranch. Okay. Favorite color? Purple. Purple. <laughs> Favorite animal? A dog. Favorite vacation destination? Somewhere you've been or you would like to go? Um, I want to go to Tokyo, Japan. I think it's really different from here, so that'd be cool. Okay. Favorite candy or snack? Um, Snickers. Oh, Snickers satisfies, right? <laughs> yes, they do. Favorite place to shop? Oh, I like Poshmark. Okay. I haven't had that answer, so that's a good one. Favorite movie, actor, or actress? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have time to watch movies, do you? You're busy. No, I'm not big on TV or movies. Okay. Favorite mu music? What type of music do you like? Uh, I like the new country. Okay. A favorite sports team that is not racing related? Green Bay Packers. Oh, gosh. You're going to have some haters over that I for know. sure. Sorry, <laughs> Vikings fans. <laughs> How about your favorite professional race car driver? Kyle Larson. All right. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite thing to celebrate? Oh. Uh, my nephew's birthday. There you go. And <laughs> as a little girl, did you play with cars or dolls? Both. Both. Yeah. So your Barbies rode in the Barbie car, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they rode dirt bikes. They did it all, just like me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So Taylor, is there anything that we haven't talked about, about your story, about yourself, anything at all that we haven't discussed that we really should talk about to let people know more about you? 
Um, I don't think so. I think you covered all of it. I think you did a good job with that. So thank you. Right. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you took the time today to be on the show here with me. Um, you know, after I saw when you, you won the Lady Eagle Award, I thought, well, you've been on, but it's been a while. We need to get you back on because you've really um, upped your game in the racing community since we last talked. And um, I wish you were going to be in Arizona in December, but I know that, you know, you're hanging out there and you're probably going to be flying West just as I'm flying back East to Michigan, but um, enjoy your time when you go back out there for a little bit of a break. And, and hopefully next year I'll get somewhere where I can see you race again, because that's, that's important to me to get to, to uh, be live and in person with some of the girls that I interview, especially ones that I followed for so long. So Taylor, you have a very good holiday. Um, Thanks again for being on the show and any last words that you might have. I don't think so. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. No problem. Hang on after we end the recording. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Women's Motorsports Network podcast. Subscribe to my show and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you or someone you know would like to be featured in the Women's Motorsports Network news online magazine, this podcast, or Let's Talk Racing Live, my social media show, contact me via messenger on Facebook at Melinda Russell, or send me an email at womensmotorsportsnetwork at gmail.com.